howdy, all you. Oh, actually, it should be all y'all. <laughs> y'all. If we're gonna just go howdy, howdy, all y'all, boys and girls, back here for another episode of the wrap. I'm trying to look at this. I don't think I'm gonna disappear because I have this. No, you should be good. You've, this you've is like, worn that before. I yeah. thought I had, and it's really not green anyways. Like it's like a it's yellow, a neon yellow. yellow, like a safety. It's case. not close enough to. No. Well, you can't see. Well, this. you can't see. Yeah, what we see, we see green, <laughs> chroma key green. But this right here is like safety yellow. Yeah. Is what I call yeah. it. Yeah. So we're good. We're good. If good. not, folks, do not mind the missing the part of my chest. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be a whole like thing. It'd just be this part of my chest that'd yeah. be missing. Yeah. Anyways, we are here, more importantly, not to talk about colors and my chest missing, but we are here to talk about rap issues. Yes. Um, rap we continue. Motor uh, I'm very excited though, before we yeah. get into this rap episode. Uh, we've got ourselves a guest speaker coming up this we do. this coming Sunday. So hey, if there's anybody watching and watching this the day before uh, Sunday, the twenty second, the twenty second of August. Yes. If you do not have a church home, we would love for you to come and join us live and in person uh, for our guest speaker Chuck Mattinger, who is a missionary in the Philippines in Manila, and he's going to talk about his mission. He's going to bring some really great. Is that stuff. where they get the folders? No. Okay. Manila <laughs> over by the, like yeah. Rush in between oh, okay. Russia and Shelbyville. Is where <laughs> That's they, where they get the folders. <laughs> somebody's Sorry, watching I this. Somebody's <laughs> watching this. They're not even in Indiana. They're like, what are they what? talking about right now? Never mind. Small town. Small town. Manila. Anyways, <laughs> uh, he is going to be our guest speaker on Sunday. So, like I said, if you don't have a home church, yeah, live in person, come join us. Uh, or if you would like to just catch that later, you can always catch our service after the fact, and you can catch any service after the fact mm. uh, on generally, I'll just say this, generally on Wednesdays at 6.30 is kind generally. of when we roll things. Uh, if not, yeah. then, you know. More times I'm not. You can catch. You can catch it later on. Um, but we would love to have you for that. Um, and then as well, we're hoping maybe, because Chuck's going to be around for all of the of Yeah, next we're going to ask him so to So we're going to ask him to come this. in and yeah. be our special guest for the wrap next week so you don't have to necessarily listen to these two chuckleheads talk a lot. Yeah. Uh, some. We'll talk some. We're not just going to be like, and Chuck's just going to talk. We're going to maybe like, it, it, it would be very awkward. It's almost as awkward as that time when Braden was our special guest and the whole time he was like, into the camera. Almost that awkward. So, um, like I said, very excited. I liked it. It was fun. It was cute. It was awesome. It was different, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was different, and that's always a good thing. He's over on that side giving you way more. He is. He's, He's over on, on the other side, side of the camera, of the camera today. Yeah. He's uh, smiling so, now. Speaking of exciting things. <laughs> more excitement? Beatitudes. Yes. That's pretty exciting. Uh, in all reality, as we read them and we look at them, not so exciting, right? Hard to do. Hard to do, hard to live, hard to understand, honestly. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of, yeah. I've been ta talking about this uh, last Sunday um, and had Bible study about the Beatitudes and had our sermon about the Beatitudes. And I said, this is one of the more, if not most popular sections of all of Scripture, not just the New Testament, of the whole Bible. Um, Sermon on the Mount as a whole, yeah. Matthew 5 through 7, Beatitude starts at. But I also think it's probably one of the most often misunderstood and mispreached. Um, Not by Jesus. Jesus preached it. Oh, Jesus was flawless when he did it. <laughs> it's just that all the rest of us were like, huh? huh? Uh, when he said this. And rightfully so, right? Yeah. Because what happens with these Beatitudes that are just like... It just turns our world upside down. It just, it, it just messes with us. Right? It does. Like, it messes with our... 
perception of reality. It turns everything upside down, inside out. I actually argue that it's not so much that Jesus is coming and turning things upside down. Our world is already upside down yeah. from what it's meant yeah. to be. We did that ourselves. We did that on yeah. our own accord. Yeah. Jesus is simply trying to take things and turn it right side and put it back the way it was supposed to be. And I always say this about Jesus. What's so fascinating and so often missed about him is we look at Jesus and we're like, oh man, he did miracles. Oh, Jesus was a great teacher and preacher. Oh, Jesus was, he was all those things and a lot more, but he's not just a great prophet or just a great teacher. One of the things that we miss about Jesus is he was 100% human and in, in many ways, and I think a very deep way, his coming was meant to signal to us, this is what it means to really be human yeah and the way that god has intended do as i do yeah, yeah. that god intended it for us to be humanity and to bear his image jesus did that perfectly um and so when he comes and he starts to get a sermon on the mount and he intros it with what i title as the preamble uh to the sermon on the mount he gives these beatitudes which are frankly just weird right yeah. Yeah. that's what we said a according lot. to the world standards yes very weird. again and then yeah. we'll, we'll kind of keep circling back to that when we look at these through the lens of the world, they make no sense. Yeah. They're, they're completely just laughable, honestly. And I'm not gonna ask you, we pr I promise you before we get on, I'm not gonna <laughs> make you- That's because I made him promise me this. I wasn't gonna make you yeah. recite them in order, <laughs> but could you just like maybe some of the ones that you really remember that jump out at you and you're just like, oh, let's just kind of like maybe start talking about a little bit of this and how it's so hard for yeah. us to embrace this, understand this in our world today. The, the thing that pops out to me most, I think when I'm reading through the Beatitudes is, is this idea of blessed are the weak, Blessed are the meek, the poor in spirit, the, the downtrodden. In, in my mind, <laughs> and much of the world's mind, right? This, this thinking of the world is, you're not so blessed if you're no. poor in spirit. That's not blessing. You've been, down, you've been stepped on yeah. and abused, yeah. right? And so this whole th happy are you, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Joyful are you. If you are meek, yeah. you know, and yeah, you're poor in spirit. Honestly, we live in a world right today, and I wouldn't say just a world. I would say we live in a church world today. Oh, yeah. Where you are blessed. Oh, and, and hashtag, I'm just as guilty as Hashtag blessed uh, when you have good health yeah. and you have enough money in the bank and you're driving a great car and yeah. you're... Sorry, no offense, but, but your, your wife is smoking hot, and like, and you've got a great marriage. Your kids are perfect. Yeah. Blessed. But when the bills are going late, and you know you don't know where the next paycheck's coming from, you don't feel so blessed. But here is the crazy thing about the Beatitudes and the whole Sermon on the Mount, and much of Jesus' ministry is he's saying, "Here's the deal: you can be just as blessed mm. on the mountaintop." and or I would say actually vice versa. Probably you could be just as blessed in the valley as you are on the mountaintop. Yeah. And in fact, what he's really, what he's huge for us. <sighs> yeah, you know, it's like, bam. You know, what? that'll blow your mind. Like, how on earth can we be just as blessed? And in fact, I think what Jesus is saying a lot, and he's saying even here in the Beatitudes, is you are far more mm. blessed when you are down and out, mm. at your end of your rope, yeah. when you're struggling, when you have nothing, because that's exactly the point when you realize that you have nothing and yeah. need nothing but God. In yeah, fact, that's, what do you do when you reach your end? Got nothing. Yeah. God's the, God, God is going to show you his power. Unfortunately, God, for many people, is the last resort, the last-ditch yeah. effort. 
and that could be the best place you could be in your life. And that's yeah. really hard for people to hear is like, so you're telling me that it's good that I'm in a bad spot? Well, maybe, maybe. sometimes it is because that really real makes you realize what you need yeah. and how you need to be humbled in life. That's how, yeah. that's how all this starts, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. A lot of people just look at it and be like, oh, so, and, and the, a lot of people misunderstand this about Jesus' ministry as a whole, that Jesus really was for poor people. Well, I mean, certainly did he interact with a lot of people who were destitute and poor, and did he have compassion on them, and did he bless them? Well, he did, but guess who else he blessed and had compassion on? People who were lavishly rich. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talk about Zacchaeus. He was rich, yeah. not for the right reasons, but he was Matthew rich. Matthew was right. rich. We on his yeah. wildest dreams. So the point of it is not so much poverty in a material sense. It's mm -hmm. poverty in a spiritual sense. Yeah. That real realization that I am nothing. I am nothing. Christ. I have yeah. nothing. I bring nothing to God. Yeah. I'm, at, I'm at my end. Really, if we think about it, you're like, we're at our end all the time. Yeah, even when, when our, we are at our best. Yeah, even when we're at our best we're moment our in this world, end. we're yeah. at our end. We're at our, we've, we've tapped out the resources. We have nothing. And that's really where everything starts. And what everything flows off of is that first one, poor in spirit. Then everything plays off of the one before. Mm -hmm. Everything flows out of the one uh, before. But yeah, there is this interesting like weakness, meekness, which don't confuse those two. Meekness is not weakness, but there right. is a But humility. in the world's mind... It is. Yeah, yeah. It is. You're a doormat if you're right. meek. Well, that's not what... And mm -hmm. so, like, Jesus is really... This, like I said, we read this, and I don't think we ever understand how countercultural... Not only was this in Jesus' day, but it certainly is countercultural in mm -hmm. our day. Yeah. Yeah, like, so, so I was saying, the world as a whole, and the church world is guilty of it as well, that you're blessed when things are going well for you, when you're prosperous, you know? And let's flash a big old toothy smile at you now. Like, no. Jesus would never say it that way. He actually said it the complete opposite way. And this is the way that I would say it. We, we read this and we, we're like, what? Only we often sit and think about what does that word blessed really mean? Mm -hmm. Well, literally translated, it means happy. But I think that that's also a misnomer and it's also misleading for us as well because our understanding of happiness is very skewed in our world mm -hmm. today. Um, it can be translated a bunch of different ways. Fortunate. Uh, some people have even said, too, that it's translated, you are to be envied if you find yourself in this position. Uh, I was saying on Sunday, there's one theologian that says and translate everyone is blessed as wonderful news. Mm -hmm. Wonderful news when you find that you're at the end of your rope and you're poor in spirit, that you're hungry and thirsting for righteousness, that you are called to be a peacemaker, that you are being persecuted. Wonderful news. In fact, Jesus says in verse 12, doesn't he? he says, be glad, be very glad and yeah. rejoice. Um, and this is what I think Jesus is really getting at. You find yourself in all of these positions. There are about eight of them there, eight to nine, depending on how you count it. I think what Jesus is really saying, and he says it in verse 12, he comes to the end of it. Good. You're right where you're supposed to be. You are in good. You are in good yeah. company. And I think people, I think Christians really have a hard time being in tough spots because they think that by being in tough spots, it means that they are being faithless or that God has somehow abandoned them and left them. And it's the exact opposite in that moment. And rather than running away from God, lean into yeah. in those moments. And yeah. what Jesus is trying to say, guess what? Guess what, Christian? 
if you are experiencing all kinds of trouble and suffering and grief and, and all and the by things, the way, you will. Yeah, you yeah. will. He says that in other places. Yeah. You will. If you are experiencing those, you're in the exact spot that you're supposed to be in. In fact, I tell people, and this really shocks them a lot, and it's, it's hard to say and it's hard to hear, is if you in your life call yourself a Christian and you are not experiencing some sort of turmoil, friction, um, or trouble, and I'm not talking about being a knucklehead and causing trouble for yourself, but I'm talking <laughs> about for the convictions that you have, the beliefs that you stand on, you are not experiencing some sort of friction or trouble or pain or suffering, you're not doing it right. You're not really living the way Christ is calling you to live. That's tough to hear. And that's tough for me to even think about my own life as like, is my life really displaying that and showing that? That, yeah. that I'm living for Christ because is my life just really pretty easy yeah. and simple? Well, and, and it's, either, it's either the fact that you're not living correctly or you're not getting out and doing the mission Christ has given us. Like if, you know, for me, it's really hard, and I'm sure you have this problem too, of, you know, I work at a church. Yeah. I'm around church people all the time. There's not a whole lot it's of friction. Easy, and it's easy to be churchy around church people, right? It is. Most it of the really time. is. And <laughs> Sometimes you're not so churchy. You got a few. You know? like, oh, uh, but no, but, but it's, it's hard. And, it, and I think, I mean, it goes back down to you're not, li like, if I'm not getting out there and hobnobbing with the people that I need to be discipling, then I'm not doing it right. Yeah. You know. Now, on the other sense, I'm not saying this either because sometimes people misinterpret this and I think I have to be clear in it. I'm not saying that you need to go out and intentionally pick fights and make your life a living hell and Bless miserable. Bless peacemakers. Yeah. That's what he, so yeah, he's balancing this, isn't he, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't go be a knucklehead yeah, and bring the whole house down on your head. Well, in this whole idea, the stuff you're seeing here in the Beatitudes is not only is it, uh, you know, you're, you're not necessarily, you're persecuted, that's one of them, but you're also meek and you're also putting others before yourself. Yeah, in these, you know, this and and going out and picking a fight just so you have some friction in your life is not putting others before yourself. Yeah, that's a very selfish way to. Yeah, it is a very. Uh, in fact, uh, for meekness, when Jesus talks about meekness, and that's the one I always kind of focus on because I, I think it's the one that people really automatically are like, oh, it just means you're. Somebody said it really well on Sunday in Bible study. I said, what does it mean in your mind to be meek? And somebody said, to be a nerd. You know, to be the, the pushover, the doormat, yeah. the little, you know, patsy that, oh, just, you know, like everybody's walking. That's not meekness. And in fact, I, I found a really great definition for meekness. And I think you're right. It describes not just meekness, but it describes all of these characteristics in these attitudes, in the, in the Beatitudes, um, is meekness really is this, the willingness to be imposed on. Mm. Yeah. And you think about that in your life, you're like, am I <laughs> willing to be imposed on? Most of the time, no, because guess what? What I have to do is important, and it's my time, yeah. and I've got things to do, yeah. and so don't impose on me, don't try to bother me with anything. And I just think that, that of all the people in Scripture, by the way, when we talk about meek people, Moses was described as a meek person, and I don't think that means weak, because Moses was no. certainly not a weak. Jesus himself is the epitome of meekness, and he was not weak whatsoever. No. Um, but I can't think of a better example of meekness and being imposed upon mm. than Jesus himself. Yeah, he was continually being imposed upon. He was so busy 
His schedule was so jam-packed, people were pressing on him constantly, but he always had time for the one yeah. to be imposed on, to be interrupted. Um, now, like I was telling somebody, I believe that every person he interacts with and he heals and ministers to, I think has divine appointment. I think his He's father right. is leading him in that. Yeah. But like he could have been very unwilling to do that. Be like, well, I'm, I'm busy. I got things to do here. I've got again, I've got yeah. like three years here. I'm on a time crunch with, with these guys. I don't have time for. It. But he always took time for people, and he was willing to be imposed on. That's really what true meekness is yeah. about, and that's the spirit of what all of these beatitudes are about: the willingness to lower yourself. I also said it this way too, um, about meekness and specifically, but really this whole attitude of, of what Jesus intros the Sermon on the Mount with is don't believe that you are always the smartest person in the room mm. and that you are willing to, in realizing that I'm not the smartest, that you're willing to defer to other people. That's incredibly hard. Yeah. And again, that's what is so difficult about all of these is it does require that submission and that deference to other people and saying, I'm willing to come under the authority and the leadership of this other person or these people because that's better than me being right. And that's better than me trying to show that I'm the smartest one when I'm actually not the smartest one in the room. Which, by the way, whenever you try to feel like that, that you're always the smartest one in the room, there will, <laughs> there will eventually be a point where somebody in the room is smarter than you, and there cannot be a more humbling and embarrassing moment than having, oh, been having somebody been there. Yeah, completely <laughs> pop your bubble yeah. of genius, yeah. you know, if you will. So, like I said, I think that's what's so, like, revolutionary and so just transformative about these beatitudes is they really call us to an attitude that is completely and utterly foreign to us, mm -hmm. especially in America. Yeah, We're not good at humility. We're not good at deference. Uh, we're not good at being imposed upon. Yeah, Those three things are like so anti-American and so, I would even say, so anti-American church mm -hmm. Um, or that it's that's what is so just jarring about these things, and I just think that if we we well serve to spend some time, and I think that's a good kind of like assignment, if you will. I don't like to give homework on the wrap <laughs> very often, but like you just spend the rest of your weekend, spend some time in the upcoming week to really sit there and continue reading through these Beatitudes yeah. and just what Jesus is really trying to say as he lays out what really is the blueprint, I'm, con I'm convinced, for God's kingdom. Yeah. And he says it over and over again. You, you cannot get into this kingdom. You can't understand this kingdom. You can't embrace this kingdom unless you embrace these principles. But in saying that, and I was very clear about this on Sunday too, and wanted people to really know this, the Beatitudes are not a set of standards to live up to. They're the gracious call of God to live out of. Mm -hmm. And so we don't attain to these things and then our life is changed. Our life is changed because of the grace of Christ and the goodness of God, and we live out of that these attitudes and characteristics. Yeah. That's very important for in people. Response to, to what in response to what he has done for us, this is the life that we live. This is, to me, the best template and framework for knowing if somebody is really and truly living out the Christian life and faith. 
Do you see this in them? And again, do we ever see it perfectly in anybody? No, if your name's not Jesus, you're, <laughs> we're not. But we should be striving to and desiring to live right. in that sort of way. Or I would say better yet, those those situations and circumstances. And again, that's really hard, isn't it? Because like who in their right mind says, man, I, you know what? I really just want to live under a whole lot of persecution in my life. Pro- probably nobody. I was sharing a story though um, towards the end of Bible study on Sunday. And I think this is beneficial for this audience to hear as well too. Uh, especially if they find themselves uh, in the church and a part of of a church, as uh, I was some I was reading a story uh, that was told that they knew someone who had gone overseas to do some mission work, and they were kind of talking with some of the missionaries and some of the pastors there. And he said, um, he talked with one of the pastors. And he said, if I if I could take back one message to the American church, what would that message be? And without hesitation, without fail, no stuttering whatsoever. Um, they simply said this, get ready because persecution is coming. They live it. They live it on a yeah. daily basis, but they know the way that the world is turning and working, uh, that we who in the American church have been very sheltered from any sort of re- what, what would we, we would call persecution. We call a lot of things persecution, <laughs> but they're not, um, is, is quickly on its way. And we live in a world um, that hates us, that's not like us, and because of that, they don't like us um, and would turn on us in a moment because of the way that we live and the convictions that we have and the beliefs that we stand on. They're just not going to have any of it anymore. And we've got to be willing to live with that mm. and not just live with that, but flourish in that. And guess what? Every period of the church has shown that the church thrives best when the world around it is at its worst. Yeah. And it seems like everything's crumbling. And I would argue right now that our world very much seems like it's crumbling. Not just our world, but our very nation. Yeah. Um, and so I think this is a great time for the church to shine and for the great the church to do what these Beatitudes are really meant to do. Like, this is what the church should look like. Mm. All of these things right here, it should just be a reflection of the image of God and, yeah. and Jesus. Well, and I think we need to be careful because is that, you know, and this is just my own observations, but is that... You know, as our nation it seems like it's crumbling, we are getting so sidetracked. We don't crumble with a, it. Right. We are getting so sidetracked on fighting fights that don't need fought that we're crumbling right with it. Not only that, fighting, you know, if we don't, fighting fights that will never be won. Right. Well, and Because and, and <laughs> they've been fought from the very beginning. Remembering that we are not of this world. I just did a devotion a couple of days ago with... A, a board that I'm on, and and I was talking about how you know we can we can get sidetracked with all this evil going on in the world, and it's horrible. We should we should be you know soft-hearted enough to see that it's going on and and hurt. Oh yeah, but let's not get so focused, sucked into it, and sucked into it that we lose mission. Yep. Right, and so I think that's important for us too to to realize. Hey, this means we don't have a lot of time left to accomplish this mission that God's given us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so this should give us, um, it should somewhat excite us. It should. And, you know, some people will be like, <laughs> well, so you think that Jesus is coming back now? I don't know when he's coming back, but guess what? He is coming back. And there was, a, from the time that Jesus ascended from this earth, there's an, an urgency automatically. Yeah. It's, yeah. The clock is and ticking. With every 
year, two, three decades, you know, every he's coming back sooner, right? Like we're losing yes. time is linear. It's There's going to be it's an almost end, like I've heard it say this way: every day that you live is a day closer to dying. Yeah. It's like yeah. what? Yeah. That structures yeah. your brain, but yeah, it's a, every day, decade, like you said, century we're that we have, closer we're Christ closer to back. the cl- Christ yeah. going back. That's just the way that yeah. things that work and the timing works. So yeah, what a great thought to kind of end things on today is we always kind of talk about that and somehow find ourselves in that is don't get so mm-hmm. bent on what's going on. Like again, like be soft to it, be compassionate towards right. it. Don't get so bent towards it that you get sucked into that. Uh, but but rise above that. And I think, like I said, the Beatitudes are a great way. Again, not yeah. something that we uh, we attain to. Like, oh, what's that's arrived what we, that's at this what we level. Should look like. This is yeah. what we should look like. Yeah. We should look like little Christs, little Jesuses running around this world, uh, even in the worst of situations in yeah. life. And so what a great thought to end on. We hope, again, as always, that that's encouraging to you. It uh, is food for thought that you don't just stop here, but that you really keep on kind of mulling over this stuff. Check out the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5 at the very beginning there, first 12 uh, verses. Uh, and until uh, we come back again yeah. with our special guest next well, week. Hopefully. Hopefully. If not, you're <laughs> going to see the, the two time. of us again. Uh, we, we will, a cardboard cutout. <laughs> yes, we'll put a cardboard cutout of Chuck. Uh, we got. We'll see you guys next time. See you guys. Dun dun. Bum 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 bum.